All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to week three of lockdown learning. I was uh, I was really hoping that we wouldn't have a week three, but it looks like we might have a week three, four, and beyond. So uh, back to Monday evening is our course in philosophy. So last week, just to recap, we talked about prophecy. And specifically, we were talking about the prophetic experience of um, how the Rambam understands it and the fact that the prophet, prophet wasn't just a person who would walk and hear a voice and have an image and everything would be clear, but rather, and this is the way the Rambam explained it, is that the prophet would have it in a trance-like state or a dream or a vision that would leave them shaking, shuddering. What they would see would be very murky. It wouldn't be clear. It, would be, um, it wouldn't be a very um, clear message which they would work out the interpretation of it. And it was something that they could prepare themselves for, but not necessarily something they could uh, expect. Prophecy came and it didn't come. They couldn't determine the time of the prophecy. And we mentioned, called the Rambam, that that was uh, every, all the prophets except for Moshe Rabbeinu, who Moshe had a relationship with Hashem that was very different in a sense that it was very clear, it was very communicative, that Hashem spoke to Moshe like we speak to one another. And uh, and it was very clear, and there wasn't well, there was no ambiguity with the prof- prophecy of Moshe, and he could determine when the prophecy happened. So we spoke about that, and then we brought the Rambam for those who weren't here last week. Uh, <clears throat> that the Rambam interprets certain stories. So he gave the example of Abraham at the beginning or after his Brit Milah, when he is visited by three angels. That according to the Rambam, that whole event never transpired; it was all just a vision. And so many of the stories that take place throughout the Torah, according to the Rambam, never actually happen. They are all visions and prophecies. So anytime we, you see something that comes across as a prophecy, should know that there is nothing real happening at the time. But rather, all of this is in, for lack of a better term, in the imagination of the prophet. It is something. So when Yaakov has a, wrestles with the angel, there was no actual physical wrestling. But rather, this was something that took place within the, the vision of Yaakov Vinu. Okay, that was last week. Today we're going to be talking about, and this was a question that was asked last week about, you know, exactly what is the purpose of prophecy and uh, determining who the prophet um, was. So we'll share the screen this evening and take it from there. All right. So prophets come out a number of times in the Torah, um, various concerns that we have with regards to prophets and who can be a prophet. So um, let's start, we're going to deal, stop with the second question first. And that is, um, how do you know a prophet is a prophet? A guy comes to you and he says, I'm a prophet. God spoke to me and gave me a various message. Um, how do we know that they are sincere? They're not. So in Dvarim, so this is Pasha Ray, you're going to be reading in two, three weeks time. Uh, it says, So there might arise amongst you a prophet or a dream of dreams. And he will claim that he will bring for you a sign of, or a portent. A portent is a wonder. Mofet is a wonder. And exactly the sign or wonder that they claim to bring comes about. And then they say, let's go worship foreign gods that we don't know. And let's go, go worship them. Don't listen to the words of that prophet or the dream of dreams. Because God is testing you. To see if you truly love Hashem with all your heart and all your soul. So the Torah tells us not of something that might happen, but something that will happen in the future. Is there will be an individual 
who will claim to be able to do miracles. He will claim that either he will do miracles, that's the Mofet, he will do miracles, or he will uh, have um, give signs. So signs are, it will rain tomorrow at midday, and, it, and, and various other things that he is able to see the future seemingly, or tell things that are going to happen that seemingly it's impossible for any uh, normal person to be able to do. And he goes, and he does it. It's not a matter that he just says he's a, he can do miracles. He actually brings about the miracle. And then he says, let's go worship foreign gods. So that is a false prophet. So that is the definition of false prophet. So I'll bet that we might think that false prophets are prophets who lie. They come and say, uh, God spoke to me and God didn't speak to them. And we will talk to that. But that's a charlatan. What we're dealing with in the concept of false prophecy is a person who actually is able to seemingly bring about uh, various miracles and foresee various events that are going to take place. And Hashem tells us in advance that I'm sending these people because they're there to test you. So Hashem says to you, worship, uh, worship uh, Hashem, keep the Torah, and even though there are going to be people that come along the way and tell you to follow in different uh, footsteps to do different things, and they can bring miracles that seemingly vouch for the fact that they are, are true. So don't listen to them. Now, I've had the odd uh, run-in with missionaries over my lifetime. And uh, one of the things that missionaries claim, and this is not unusual, is the fact that, the, the, uh, the fact that their prophets, whether it be Jesus or any prophet of a missionary, or doesn't, not specifically a Christian missionary, but anyone comes and says that the fact that our leader could do miracles is a sign of their um, holiness, a sign of their chosenness, the sign of that they are, are, the, are the messengers of them. And we said, we're talking about go look in Tvarim. The Torah says explicitly that these people are going to come. The fact that a person can do miracles, what, no matter how phenomenal that miracle is, in and of itself is not a sign of prophecy. It is the message that they're going to give. So if a person comes along and gives these unbelievable messages, and does these miracles, and then they tell you, you know what, you don't have to keep kosher anymore, don't have to keep Shabbos anymore, let's go pray to uh, an idol, whatever the case might be, that is a sign of a false prophet. So this should knock out virtually any religion, or any person who comes to speak in the name of Hashem, that tells us to break any halacha. So, to be honest and true to the Torah, um, is that even within our own tradition, we have people that are prophets, that seemingly contradict that. And that is, for example, Elijah. So Elijah um, challenges the, the, the idol-worshipping um, priests of uh, a pagan ritual called Baal. And he challenges them and he says, let's go offer sacrifices. If God accepts your sacrifice, if God accepts our sacrifice, whatever. Um, but we learn over there that offering sacrifices outside of the temple is a Torah prohibition. You know, you're not allowed to just offer sacrifices. So here we have a prophet, Eliyahu, who's doing something that's seemingly against the Torah. So maybe he's a false prophet. So our rabbis explain that in order for this prophet to be a false prophet, is they have to say the Torah has changed. What Elijah did was something called a Oracha. <coughs> it's something that was uh, short term. It was a once-off. On a once-off, we're going to do some things. So a prophet could potentially come and say that for this, this Shabbat, you don't, we don't keep. And he'll bring a sign one and say, this Shabbat we don't keep, or this uh, for today we don't have to keep kosher. And that apparently would not be in contravention to this particular law. 
only time that is against this law is in a case where they say the Torah has changed. Now, we spoke about this two weeks ago. Go check on that about when the Torah changes and what does it mean the Torah changes. But in essence, if Shem says, we don't have to do uh, Brit Milah anymore, we don't have to keep kosher anymore, it is done and finished, so that we will call a Navi Sheke, a false prophet. Okay, so that's number one. So that's how to spot a false prophet. But there's going to be something different, which comes a little bit later, and this is in Parshat Shoftim, which is similar yet different. And it says as follows. So Hashem tells us that he's going to um, appoint prophets. He says, So Hashem says to us, I'm going to uh, bring prophets like me, me being Moshe. Hashem is going to bring prophets and you should listen to him. Okay, says, it's like you asked um, that you wanted to hear from Hashem. We're just carrying on. And Hashem said to me, Okay, now we go into the, um, I, I didn't translate the entire part, but I'm just going to go to the parts that uh, I have underlined. I will, ah, this is now Hashem saying, I will, I will appoint prophets from their midst like you. And I'll place my, my words in his mouth. And I will tell him to them everything that I command you. But there might be someone who did not hear me speak. But speaks in my name, him I will address. I will search him out. So what does that mean? So this is a person who is speaking. Say my word. So he says things in the name of Hashem that I did not speak to him. So there will be prophets that might say something very uh, true in the name of Hashem, but claim that they heard Hashem say that. So the prophecy is a true prophecy. So, for example, I go and hear from Prophet A. And Prophet A says, God spoke to me and said that it's going to rain on Wednesday at 12 p.m. And then I go somewhere else and I say, God came to me and said it's going to rain at 12 p.m. So I'm a false prophet. So even though I'm saying everything, um, which is, is 100% true, I'm saying it in the name of Hashem. Hashem did say it. I'm not saying anything false, but Hashem didn't say it to me. Hashem said it to him. So that's a false prophet. Now, how would we ever know at the end of the day that I'm going to say it's going to rain tomorrow at 12 o'clock? And it is going to rain tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Why? Because the other prophet said so. How do you know? So that's why the verse says, I, I being Hashem, I will... Um, I will claim it from him. I will, you know, come to him and say, what's the story? So meaning that we as people have no way of knowing that this guy's a false prophet because the thing he's saying is true. But then he carries on and there's another say. But a prophet who comes and says things that I did not say. Or prophesizes in the name of other gods. That is another form of a false prophet. So you've got so far three categories. The guy who does miracles and wonders and says, let's not worship God. The guy who says something that's a legitimate prophecy, he just never heard it. So that's a false prophet. The third case is a guy who is just making the stuff up. Or he's prophesizing in the name of another God. So that's a, a, a false prophet. Now, the question, the million dollar question. 
והכי תאומה בלב אחר, איך נדעת הדבר אשר לא דיברו השם? So how does that matter? How am I get supposed to know that this prophet is a legitimate prophet or false prophet? A guy comes and tells me God spoke to him. So, you know, what am I supposed to do with that information? So maybe God did, maybe God didn't. But what is Joe Average supposed to do? So we've seen in the last section that if the prophet says, let's go worship foreign gods, so that's an easy case. If the guy comes and says, um, I heard from the God Ra, the sun God Ra told me. So that's an easy case. But if a guy comes, comes and says, God spoke to me saying, let's go, uh, that tomorrow you have to offer korban or you to, uh, you not let eat uh, fish for every Monday and Thursday. God spoke to him. So how do I know? And let's just say he does miracles as well. So how do I know? He hasn't done anything wrong. So the Torah says, um, אשר ידבר הנביא בשם השם, ולא יהיה דבר, ולא יבוא, הוא הדבר שלא דיברו השם. So, test him. If he gives signs and wonders, and the signs and wonders never come true, you know, he's a false prophet. So the guy said, he might say something to him, but something seemingly innocuous, but if he makes claims of things that are going to come true, and that don't come true, then the guy's a false prophet. בזדון דיברו הנביא ולא תגו ממני. So don't be scared, fearful for So, So the idea of it is that how do you test a prophecy? So if a guy gives you a prophecy and he says it's going to rain tomorrow and it rains tomorrow and he tells you that, okay, now um, now uh, you have to uh, give an extra thousand dollars to the charity of my choice. Uh, you have to buy me a new Ferrari. So what do we do? So at this point, it seems you got you to listen to him. Meaning being a prophet is something that you can always be disproved. Meaning that We, and we will see this a little bit clearer a bit later, that seemingly the prophet can only be disproven but can't be proven. You will never know that somebody is a prophet for 100% certainty because at any point they could say something that doesn't come true, makes him a false prophet, or they say something which is against the Torah, which makes him a false prophet, or say something in the name of a foreign god, which makes him a false prophet. Meaning that if someone comes and they're telling you something that seems to be okay, like, uh, sh- like if, I, if a prophet comes and says, you've got to keep Shabbat, Shabbos, So seemingly that's, you know, not a, bad, not a bad prophecy to go. And if he says that, so you've got to keep assuming that he's a prophet unless he does something that undermines. Now, I do say he, but there are prophetesses as well. So just speaking in the vernacular, but it, there are prophetesses as well. So now, one of the questions that is asked in the commentaries, and we see this, um, this was in uh, two weeks ago, we read Pasha Balak. In Balak, we see a non-Jewish prophet. And if there are prophets, if there's like, if there are bad guys that are prophets, so why does Hashem allow them to do miracles? So we already saw um, earlier that it says that it's part of the test. But the, the Medrash over here in Sefer Devarim asked the following question, is how is it possible that like from a, from a philosophical point of view, that God allows you know, prophets to do signs and wonders, that like they, they, they're giving all these prophecies, why is doing it? So Hashem tests us, but what's the logic? So says the Medrash, So he says you'll do a miracle and the miracle happens. So Hashem, in order to test us, you know what Hashem's going to do? He's even going to give power to, to false prophets. It's part of the test that Hashem is going to give absolute power to false prophets And that is the extent of the test that it's going to take, you know, that we're going to go around that someone does miracles. Let's just say they, they turn water into wine or they walk on water. They do these things and like, how, you're going to be an unbeliever. 
If we saw people could do miracles like that, that they could, you're going to be the unbeliever. It's like everyone else is bowing down. We're going to be unbeliever. Says Rabbi Yossi Aglili, that's, that's, that's as much. The test is going to be so big that everyone in the world is going to be following this person because they seemingly can control the elements and you have to stand firm. Says Rabbi Akiva, I'm a Rabbi Akiva. Chas v'shalom, shemamidah makom chamal avanav. Says, God forbid, do you think Hashem's going to really help them out? What? Hashem doesn't want to trick us. Rather, it says, what is a false prophet? Sorry. says, It says, rather, you know what a false prophet is? They're not guys who, that he says, um, the, I'm going to make the sun stand still. And he makes the sun stand still and says, all right, let's go worship a, a pagan. Let's, you don't have to keep Shabbos anymore. That's not what a false prophet is. That's what Rabbi Akiva says. But Rabbi Akiva says, no. You know what it is? He's a guy who was a good guy once upon a time. He was one of our guys. And he gave, and, and he's done miracles in the past. And he's done a lot of good work. And then one day he rocks up. Once he's already got the credibility of being a legitimate prophet, then one day he's going to rock up one day uh, to the, I don't know, the soapbox he stands on and says, we don't have to keep Shabbos anymore. Now, it's not that he's bringing a miracle to show we don't keep Shabbos. He's done miracles in the past. He's got credibility. So we see over here, and this is the point that I made a little bit earlier, is that the prophet is a, it's almost a, uh, a title that you can lose. You, like if, once you have the title, you can only lose it. You can't gain it. And so the prophet, so we've seen like a multiple steps. One is that does miracles and wonders and, does, and then he tells you to worship foreign gods. But it doesn't necessarily that the miracle wonder is proof to worship the foreign gods, which is what Yossi Aguilia said, but it's even that they did miracles, they, they have the credibility of a history. So for their whole life, they've been legitimate prophet, been a good guy. He's been a well-respected individual. And then towards the end of the life, they go off the, go off the rails. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to draw a comparison but we do see these ideas happen, not in the, the world of prophecy, but in the world of the rabbin, the rabbinate. So you often see within people that, you know, they've associated with a particular kind of uh, Judaism. So they will be very Zionistic. And then towards the end of their life, they become anti-Zionistic. Or people who have been very anti-Zionistic their whole life. Towards the end of their life, they become very Zionistic. People who were very uh, ultra-Orthodox and then become very modern. And you see these things happen that they had so much credibility throughout their life. And then something happens towards the end of their life and they sort of shift their whole perspective. Um, so these ideas do exist. And that seems to be what Rebbe Akiva is talking about. Okay. So just, uh, you know, <clears throat> for, for a moment, let's just uh, process the idea that we, we could potentially live in a generation where it's very, very difficult to know whether the person that we are meeting, that is firstly a very impressive individual and uh, is doing a lot of miracles, like how do we know if they're the real thing or not? So seemingly what you've seen up until now is that you don't, you don't know. And there is nothing clear cut to distinguish between the the real real the real deal and the falsehood. All you have to do is go along with it until such time as they've given you a pose to say that maybe something's wrong. And that's something I heard once. That, you know, I've just I just finished one of the things the lockdown allows me is to do a hell of a lot of reading. So I've just read a book. Okay, just finished a book, Jeremiah, but it's the book of uh, Yirmiyahu. Um, it's not the. It's quite a morbid uh, book. One of the prophets, 
And Jeremiah prophesied um, in the lead up to the destruction and post the destruction of the first temple. Now, um, Jeremiah, like most prophets throughout the biblical era, were firstly not only very unpopular, but uh, were often uh, discredited. No one listened to prophets. So as much as we like to think that prof- if only we had a prophet, the reality is no one listened to prophets back then. There's no reason to think they would listen to them today either. But what he laments so often is there are a lot of other prophets at the time who are saying the complete opposite. So he's going around Jerusalem telling everyone, you know, the temple is going to be destroyed. Persia is going to come. Persia at this point in time is a nothing. It's a, it's a backwater uh, country that is, uh, is no way. Egypt is the powerhouse. Uh, there's certain other, t- Syria have got certain powers. But, he, but at this point, at the beginning of his career, he has a career of 40 years. For 40 years, no one's listening to him. And he, in, in his lamenting, he says, you know, we've got, and the other prophets who are saying, Hashem will never destroy the temple. Heichel Hashem, they say, the, the temple, the sanctuary of Hashem will never be destroyed, will never be destroyed, never be destroyed. And Yemiahu is saying, it will be destroyed and we've got to, got to pick up that. Now, if you were alive at that point in time, who are you going to follow? You're going to listen to Yemiahu saying, listen, the temple, you got to, the temple's going to be destroyed. You know, it's all, all bad doom and gloom. You're going to listen to the prophets who say, you know, Hashem will never put his hand against the temple. And, and not only that, there are times there's, there's a siege. What's fascinating is there's a, there's a, there's Nebuchadnezzar who eventually does destroy the temple, lays a siege on, uh, on Jerusalem. And, and Elijah said, I told you what's going to happen, told you going to happen. And another prophet named Nachanani comes and says, no, it's not going to happen. It's all going to end. And at that point, Egypt attacks um, uh, Persia from the south. And Persia basically give up the, um, the siege to go battle the Egyptians. And Hanani looks at, Eli- at Yemiah and says, ta-da, you see, you're a false prophet. And he, once again, Yemiah is persona non grata. But what happens is they go, they deal with the Egyptians, they come back and they destroy the temple. So it's like, it's so hard when you're at that point in time that you're hearing these conflicting messages. So how am I as an individual supposed to know? They both say, one saying Hashem will never destroy the temple, one saying Hashem will destroy the temple. What am I supposed to do? So, so it's easy to look in hindsight, but seemingly the, the answer is like, which is the one giving you the message you really don't want to hear? A prophet's role and, and we'll talk about this shortly, it's not really to, to he's, he's not a cheerleader. He's not there to, to, to provide moral support and uh, encouragement. The prophet is there to, to, to improve our relationship with Hashem. And, and the only way you improve a relationship is you realize that there are flaws in the relationship. And so the prophet's going to come and say, these are the problems of the relationship. And once you realize what the problems are, then there's an opportunity to de- develop them, to fix them. So Yemiah was saying, you guys are, you, you're treating the widow badly. There's, uh, there's corruption. There's, uh, the temples become nothing more than a, you know, a place where people go to, to do meaningless ritual and think that what does God want the sacrifices? God doesn't care about the sacrifices. God wants you guys. He wants your hearts. So now they're going to say, no, Hashem loves you who you are. So we all want the prophet to say Hashem loves you. you know, they say about uh, a rabbi. And if a, that the whole community loves a rabbi, the rabbi is not doing his job. If the whole community uh, hates the rabbi, the rabbi is doing his job too well and he's not going to lose his job. So there's sort of, you've got to toe this line of the, being able to rebuke the community to the point that they, they grow, but not too harsh that they kick you out. So the prophet's job was just to say whatever comes. He's just rebuke, you know, nothing nice. And most of the prophets live very miserable lives, unfortunately. All right, so carrying on now, uh, let me get back. 
Now we're going to the Rambam, who's going to now talk about the, the concept of prophecy. And uh, okay, I'm just going to make this a little bit smaller so I can get it both the English and Hebrew on. Okay. So this is the Rambam. Now we, we dealt with the, so this is chapter 7 of, um, of these laws of the foundations of Torah. And this is the seventh law. And last week we did the first six. So he says as follows. So he's going to give three separate reasons for what the purpose of prophecy is. Like, so what's, what's the chap? Why, why would Hashem give prophecy? So this is number one. To broaden the heart of the prophet himself. To allow him to know something that prior he did not know. Or to notify people to tell them either what they should do or to tell them about the evil deeds, deeds in their head. So, number one is to give him information. Information, stuff he didn't know. So, Abraham, you, this is the land that's going to be yours. Um, you're going to have a child, you're going to name him Yitzchak. Your children will be slaves in the year for, in, in, for 400 years. So one is just for him to, for, so for Abraham, the prophecy came just to broaden his knowledge. Okay, that was prophecy number one. Number two, that he will come to Ma'amaret, to any nation potentially, or to a city and the like, and go to them and tell them, Mayasu, what they have to do. So you have to, you know, or to stop doing what you're doing. So we saw with the city of Nineveh in the book of Jonah, that uh, he went to the city of Nineveh, a non-Jewish city, and says, you've got to correct your deeds or the Nineveh will be turned over. We read that at Mincha and Yom Kippur. Um, so we see prophecies that you have to do certain things. This was Yirmiyahu, the Yeshaya. Most of the prophets did that sort of level. And then carries on. And so when the prophet is sent, Hashem will allow him to do some sign or wonder in order that they should know that he's legitimate. But you should appreciate, not everybody who does a miracle automatically makes them a prophet. That's what we saw earlier. Ella Adam So, so the Ram is going to try to give us some clues that it's uh, that we're on the right track. Firstly, we've got to know that he's appropriate for prophecy. Why? He's got uh, he's a wise individual, he's not a simpleton. Uh, we spoke about this last week that you, there's no such thing as an illiterate prophet. It doesn't exist. The prophet has to have wisdom. He's an incredibly mature and wise individual and his deeds are, are, are lofty. And he, and he carries himself in an impeccable manner. And then he does the miracle. And then he does the miracle and then he says, Hashem sent me. That's when you listen to him. So it's not a better the guy comes as a miracle, we've got to listen to him. The guy's got to be a person with a track record of credibility. Wise, mature, uh, um, impeccable character, and then does all of his. Then, then we can. And then he does a miracle. Then we believe him. And it's possible that someone could do a sign of wonder and still not be a prophet. And this is. Um, 
So we'll just see where we are here. Um, oh God, just carry on. Sorry. Um, so even though he might give a miracle, and we still, he might be a false prophet. Nevertheless, you still are obligated to listen to him. So this is a person who we are accepting is a false prophet or might be a false prophet, but you still got to listen to him. And since he's a person that has the character, we're obligated to listen to him because he's at least fit, he's appropriate to be a prophet. So he gives a fascinating analogy. He says the same as the law is. If you've got two witnesses that come to court, so you, you, you uphold the court. So if two witnesses come and say, we saw this guy kill this guy, and you, you test the witnesses, so, and, and assuming that they're kosher witnesses, so you believe them. It's very possible that these, they're in cahoots and they've lied. But until such time as we know that they're false witnesses, we have to assume that they're kosher witnesses. So until such time as you know this guy's a false prophet, you have to assume he's a true prophet. And, and that's what we say. It's up to Hashem. We can only follow as much as we can follow. Um, um, we can only follow as much as we can follow. And then at the end of the day, it's up to Hashem. So assuming this guy is of good, good standing, good credibility, we follow him and do everything that he says um, until such time as he's done something which suggests that he's a false prophet. Okay, now that's all well and good. But we don't live in an era of prophets anymore. So this is really comes in the Gemara and it says, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan, from the time that the temple was destroyed, Nitla Nevoa, prophecy was taken away from the prophets, Nitnam Shoitim in the and given to Shotim, it says he mentally ill Shotim, yeah, it's probably a good description, but uh, to the mentally ill and to children, meaning that the concept of prophecy doesn't exist. The people who claim to be prophets are people who no one will take them seriously. So even if the message is true, uh, the reality is, as they said, so you, you see these people standing with the end of the world is nigh, repent or God will punish you. So it could be that they what they're saying is true, but no one's going to listen to them because they're Tinokoto Shotim. Okay, so so that's I, I want you to throw out a theory here. Um, it's not a theory that I that I hold on to with any deep uh, practical ramifications, but I do think there's a certain element of um, of of truth to it. So so just so, so put that uh, preamble in. So there are a couple of in the same Gomorrah we just said that prophecy doesn't exist anymore except with children and and uh, and, and the mentally ill. Um, it also says that Chacham Adif Minavi, that a wise person is preferable to a, to a prophet. So the idea of the prophet is a person who is capable of understanding what the future brings. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that, that they had messages from Hashem that they could tell what the, what's going to happen in the future. And they would give signs and wonders, but, and some, the signs and wonders would come true. And that would be the sign that they knew what was going on. Okay, that's the concept of a chacham according to the Gemara. So the two definitions I'm familiar with in, in within rabbinic literature of Ezu chacham, who's a wise person. So the one everyone's familiar with is a, a wise person is a person who learns from everybody. That's the one for Pirkei Avot, and that's the one most people are familiar with. 
But there's another statement that says, Chacham, who's a wise person, Ro'etanolad. A person who can Ro'etanolad. So Ro'etanolad literally means sees what will give birth, or will see what will be born. But the essence is people who can see what's going to happen in the future. They, they see things that most people miss. They can predict what is going to happen. That is Chokhmah. The ability to understand by reading the situation as you have it, what is going to be in the future. So now I'm going to try to tie a few ideas together and, and you can all let me know whether you think there's any, uh, any truth to it or you feel there's any truth to it. I, I have not tried this out before. Who are the people predicting the futures now? So most of the time they're journalists, media pundits, politicians and the like. But most of them, like false prophets, predict the future. So we see a lot of people say, this is what's going to happen. And then they get a lot of traction and then when the thing doesn't happen like they're never held accountable for for their predictions you know so let's talk in the stock market things are going to happen and, and and people predict and predict and so long as the predictions are coming true everyone's fine but as soon as the predictions go false most of the time they don't lose their credibility but the whole concept of prophecy or at least the concept of messages coming through us is that if you can see the future it means that you are chacha. you can and if you're chacham, what will happen is you will see things that are going to undevelop, things that are going to unfold, and they do unfold in that way. And that is what makes you a chacham. So like the prophet of yesteryear, so let's just say uh, opinion pieces that are in, the, uh, uh, in, in uh, the various media, that a person says that this is what's going to transpire in the future. What's going to unfold with the Israeli politics or what's going to happen with uh, general culture and society, what's going to happen in the next election, what's going to happen with the football on the weekend. People who have the spirit of Hashem within them, that are truly Chacham, they'll, they'll get it right. And they'll make predictions and the predictions will come true. And only if those predictions allow us to draw and build a relationship with Hashem, so that is how prophecy is manifesting through the Chacham in this world. So if you read an article and it resonates, and it's going to make you a better person, and facilitate your relationship with Hashem, and it comes true, so you're on the right track. So when people predicted, so for example, there were, um, 50 years ago, people were predicting orthodoxy will never survive. Torah, Judaism will die. And, and they said it, and it was something that was so obvious. Like we live in a world today that atheism is, you know, is convinced that religion is a, as a as a short lifespan. So it's an interesting theory, and let's see what happens. And so orthodoxy was told that it was never going to survive, and now it's stronger, and it's the, only, it's the only stream of Judaism that is growing from generation to generation exponentially. So seemingly those were false prophets. People who, they, what they said made sense. They could show you all the signs and wonders. They'll show you the demographic studies in the 50s and 60s, it seemed to be suggesting, and, were, and they were completely confident, but they were wrong. So, so when we read the, the modern-day prophets, it's, 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 uh, what's Simon and Garfunkel, the words of the prophet are written on a subway war, that um, th th there's a certain level of truth to that, but they might be false prophets. And the only we know is that they're giving us the signs, they're proving to us that what they're saying is true, and the events that they say are coming true, so that they're not prophets, but they're chachams. There are people who roet and olad who see the outcome of events, and therefore today these are people that if they are on the right track, they're worthy of listening to. But again, even if they are worthy of listening to, only in so much as they stay credible. So, like the prophet, like according to Rabbi Akiva, 
he might have done miracles and wonders in the past, but if he says one thing off now, he loses all credibility, he becomes a false prophet. So too, we believe and buy into the visions of the Chachams of today, but know that it is that they only hold on so long as the message they're giving is true. But accept the fact that at any point it goes off the track, we no longer have to buy into them. All right, everybody, thank you very much. I will now allow you, if you would like any questions, to unmute yourself and I will remove my spotlight. Any questions, please? Anyone? Going. Going. And. Go on, Chazan, did you want something? Credibility, and we can therefore reject them as a prophet. But. It seems that prophets, it takes years for their predictions or their prophecies to materialize in some instances. And so during that period, they're not seen as valid prophets. They then become valid prophets because those prophecies materialize. They then prophesize again and things don't materialize. They could only materialize after they die, but they've been rejected as prophets. I mean, how do we reconcile that? Um, so the way the Rambam plays it out is that the, you assume the prophet is a true prophet Unless he's been disproven. So, for example, so Jeremiah for 40 years was, was uh, prophesizing the destruction of the temple. So, you could say he was a false prophet until the end of his days. But um, the way we say is, no, he wasn't like that. He didn't say it's going to happen tomorrow. He didn't say that, uh, you know, it's, it's when people give, uh, you know. So, at the time, at the time when these prophets say Hashem will never destroy and, and, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar will not destroy the temple. So even those prophets, we didn't know that they were false prophets. We only knew they were false prophets when the temple was destroyed. Up until that point in time, like the Rambam says, you've got to just, listen, there's no reason to disprove them. You have to go with them. So you've got two prophets, one saying the temple is going to be destroyed. One says it's not going to be destroyed. At this point in time, we don't know who's right. So we've got to listen to both of them. But the one saying, you know, repent and do tshuva, and the other saying, just carry on doing what you're doing. Listen to the one who says, repent and do tshuva. So he hasn't been disproven. He's, if if, if Yermiah had said, next week, uh, Persia are going to come and destroy the temple. Next week comes and goes and it's not destroyed. So then he's a false prophet. But he never said that. He never gives a date to the destruction. So for 40 years, everyone said, you know, we've been listening to you. We've been listening to your tired tirade for the last 40 years. You know, we're sick and tired of it. It hasn't come true. Uh, he's right, but um, yeah. Did you ever follow up there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, second question was around um, um, the assumption that all the prophecies from the prophets have to be true in order for the prophet to be a valid prophet. And if one isn't true, then invalidates their prophecy or them as a prophet. But does that invalidate their, their prophecies? Is it just the prophecies that are? that don't materialize, that are disregarded, or are there prophecies? And, because my understanding is that the, the, the prophet, a lot of the prophecies are allegorical or metaphorical and not always so specific, and you talk about the dates that prophets may or may not specify. My understanding, and it's very limited, is that they never really specify dates to certain actions. Well, we do have some with dates. We have uh, Moshe says at midnight, Hashem will come through and kill... Uh, you know, or the firstborn. So that was a very specific of time and day. Um, there are prophets, for example, there's um, the prophecy of that Jonah. So Mr. Jonah goes to Nineveh. And he says in 40 days time, the city will be turned over. 
and the 40 days come and go and the city doesn't get turned over, nothing happens. So doesn't that make him a false prophet? So there's an idea, and we learn this in a number of different places throughout the Torah, that um, positive prophecies have to come true, negative prophecies don't have to come true. Meaning that if a, if a Yemiyahu comes and says the temple is going to be destroyed, it doesn't mean the temple will have to be destroyed. It means if you go down the current path, the temple will be destroyed, but you can change that path. If you guys repent, then the temple won't be destroyed. But if you don't do anything, it will be destroyed. But if he comes and says that something positive is going to happen. So for example, the case was when, when Moses, this is when, um, so when Moshe Rabbeinu was told that he was not going into Eretz Israel. So he kept davening that Hashem would change his mind and let him into Eretz Israel. So even though he had a prophecy, he kept praying because a negative decree could be a now. But as soon as, in the, we read in Pasha Pinchas, that as soon as he had said, Yehoshua, Joshua, will bring the people into the land, Moshe stops davening. Because now it's a prophet, positive prophecy that Yehoshua is going to let them into the land of Israel. If Yehoshua is going to let them in the land of Israel, that can't not come true. Otherwise, that would be a false prophecy. So at that point, Moshe realizes his prayers in vain now because of the positive prayer towards Yehoshua. So in a nutshell, that negative, prophe- negative prophecies um, are there to say if you change your way, the prophecy doesn't have to come true. But positive prophecies will always come true. That's the general principle. I've got a question on the negative prophecy. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, no one else seems to be asking questions. I'm happy for you to keep going. So, so the assumption is that uh, if, this, to make sure I get this right, that if if prophet prophesizes negative uh, vision or prophecy, that doesn't materialize. They are not invalidated as a prophet or the prophecy isn't invalidated because a negative prophecy doesn't have to come true. Um, is that prophet then deemed to be a false prophet in the eyes of the people because nothing materialized and in the eyes of Hashem is a prophet. Um. Seemingly. I mean, it's, 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 it becomes a little bit, you know, the, 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 um, the, the, the first study in the concept of cognitive dissonance was actually exactly on this. There was a particular cult, I don't recall the name of the, uh, the researcher, but there was a cult that claimed that on a particular date, an alien ship was going to come and destroy the world and only the members of this cult were going to be saved. And came the time and came the day and they were praying and praying and praying and came and went and uh, no, the world wasn't destroyed and the aliens uh, never came to collect them. So the cult leader said is because of all your prayers and efforts that the, uh, the, this uh, doom has been averted and, and the like. And so the study of cognitive dissonance was the fact that would people now, seeing that this prophecy never came true of the aliens, would they all, you know, reject the, the cult or would they buy in even harder? And the, the study said that the people who have invested a lot of time and effort and money into a belief, um, it, it's, it, the, the more they would justify, so if the prophet says, oh, it's, you know, it's because of your prayers that, the, that this destruction never happened, so the people who really bought into it, they're going to believe the prophet more, where those who didn't really buy into it will say, ah, oh, this, this is a crock. So that's, that's, uh, that's uh, I suppose, the question you're asking. You know, Yemiah comes and says, the temple's going to be destroyed. And then he says, ah, oh, the temple wasn't destroyed. So you see, he's still a, a, a good prophet. I, I think that um, if it was specific, um, it's much harder to disprove because of this concept. But um, I think that the, 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 pro- the question's better than the answer.
I think the question is better than the answer. All right. Thanks, I don't think I've got any more questions. It's a really interesting topic. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess part of what, for me, is so interesting is that we only know that the prophet is a prophet. Later down the track, and there's no way of knowing. I mean, it could be that generations passed before um, a prophecy is fulfilled. Or, or the prophet is accepted. And understand that, like people with like Yirmiyahu, again, Elijah, that we look to as a hero, was hated. There were people trying to kill him. You know, he was hated in his time. It's, you know, so both with Elijah and with, um, with Yemiah, almost every prophet, no one liked them. They were hated people. And it wasn't in their lifetime that they got the good. So the, the thought that, you know, these guys died almost as, as paupers, hated and rejected by society, only for 3,000 years later, we praise these people as these unbelievable leaders. They, they just weren't at the time. You want to know who the prophets are going to be? I, I heard once a great drawsha. Um, and, um, and, and talked about the fact that if you want to see who the Mashiach is likely to be the last person you think the Mashiach is going to be because the, you, we have a vision of what, who we think are the, are, are, are the, are the people who are the, the, like the prophets and the prophets are going to come and confirm everything we believe in when the reality is, is the prophet is going to be the person who is you know the person is the most distasteful the most disliked within society the person who's rejected by everybody who's considered a complete outcast that is who the prophet is so you're right we're not going to know who they are and uh, only in hindsight will we see yeah. all right everybody it's been a late night thank you very much hope you have a wonderful Thanks, evening please go see you all tomorrow and uh, tomorrow we carry on with kabbalah shabbat i hope you all have a pleasant evening laila tov